This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Just the Two of Us podcast. And this time, we're going to talk about the People versus O.J. Simpson. Yes. <laughs> You're excited for this one, aren't you? <laughs> I am. Yeah, so... Um, People vs. O.J. Simpson is a mm-hmm. FX uh, miniseries uh, that uh, lasted 10 episodes and essentially chronicled the crazy, wacky, unbelievable <laughs> trial of O.J. Simpson uh, for the murders of his ex-wife Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. And, uh, wow, that, it was, that was a doozy. It was. It was a lot. It's, it was a lot. Like, yeah, it was an amazing show. And we have a lot to talk about. All right. So, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock for the past 20 years, <laughs> we're just going to assume that you know about O.J. Simpson and that... Um, or you at least watch this to... <laughs> right. Either you either watch this watch show, the show or you <laughs> lived it 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, let me ask you this, Tracy. Um, where were you when you... Well, let me ask you this first. Let's go okay. take a step back. Before OJ was accused of, and I do air quotes, accused uh-huh. of these murders, yeah. uh, how much did you know about OJ Simpson before that? Um, I knew he was a football player. Yeah. And I knew he had done a little bit of acting. That's it. But that was pre. And he won the Heisman. I knew that. But did you know that he won the Heisman before that, or like you kind of yeah, find I, out? Yeah, I think I knew. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because like when he did. Um, what movies? I can't even remember what movies. He did the Naked Gun movies. The Naked Gun movies, right. I mean, I feel like I only saw, like, one. Anyway, like, the yeah. One, the first one was the best one, though. Well. It was, like, a law of diminishing returns after the first one. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like because of that, I heard about him, that he played football, and he was apparently amazing, and, you know, he won the Heisman, so that's all I knew about him. Okay, well, I, I knew a little bit more than... You well, about yeah, OJ. I mean, you're like, yeah, I'm a sports fan. Like sports a new fan, OJ. Right. I mean, I was a big, big fan I was of the. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I was a fan of the Naked Gun movies, and then you know, OJ was doing uh, analysis for NBC football every week. So I mean, not mm-hmm. only was he in the movies, he was on TV, mm-hmm. like 17 weeks out of the year. You know, doing. I feel like I color commentary. That. Yeah, yeah, for for NBC when they had football mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Yeah, so I mean, obviously I'm familiar with OJ and you know the Heisman and then the the Hertz commercials when he runs through the airport and jumps over stuff. I, and I do not remember that. <laughs> you don't remember? That's like the most famous thing about OJ besides killing those people was that he <laughs> he was in the Hertz commercials and he was on a show on HBO called First and Ten. I remember that watching. That oh, I remember kid. that show. Remember First and Ten? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so he was he was on First and Ten as well. Yeah, I remember back that. Back in the day, so OJ OJ was hustling, man. He, he was doing do- a lot. He yeah. was doing a lot of the acting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, given all that, what what were your thoughts when you when you heard about the murders? And what yeah. was that? June, was it June of ninety four? Uh, June of ninety four. So yeah. I was sixteen, and yeah, I feel like when I heard about it. I feel like I didn't give it a lot of like thought because it was like okay OJ oh he's a football player you know because I wasn't a big sports fan I didn't really know you know I wasn't like 
invested in him and I wasn't like following his career and I wasn't like, you know, oh my God, OJ, you know, I mean, I know for sure I did, did not like, you know, I hate to say like, I didn't care, but I didn't care because I didn't really know who OJ so was. So I guess you didn't grasp the, the scope of yeah, the no, situation. I didn't, because I, I didn't realize how like hugely famous he was, like how much of a great yeah. like football player he was from that whole thing. And like I said, I barely like remember him doing, you know, all this acting and, you know, football analysis and stuff like that. Like, right. I mean, it's like I remember seeing him around on TV, but I, you know, I was just like, mm, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I was a 16 year old girl. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Right. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's like when I heard like you know his wife was killed and he was a suspect. I was mm-hmm. like, "What, OJ? Like this mm-hmm. was you know it was June of '94, so it was just after I graduated high school." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, so that summer for the most part I was just chilling at home doing nothing. So mm-hmm. you know, to see you know these like updates on the news and see all that stuff, it was like, "Wow!" Like OJ's like accused of murder i was like that is so crazy like i never mm-hmm. you know in my young life had never heard anything like that right, so right. i mean as crazy as that sounded like i mean you know what was it five days later or however days later when the bronco chase happened mm-hmm. now that was like that was crazy that was like the most surreal thing i had ever seen on television up to that point mm-hmm. in my life, as far as something being, you know, a, a real life event. Right. I mean, that that blew my mind. Like, what, you know, where were you when that was going on? When that when they had the live coverage of them following the Bronco on the highways I ten and I four hundred five in Los Angeles. What, where were you? I don't remember. No. <laughs> I can't answer that easily. I really don't remember. I remember watching it somewhere. I mean, I just don't remember. Just don't remember? Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like, I almost feel like I didn't watch it as it happened. I, I feel like I watched it on the news. You watched highlights on Sports Yeah, Center. yeah. Sports Center. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like I watched highlights. I don't know. I may have watched, I may have watched it, like, live, but, like, I really cannot remember where I was and... I I do remember just thinking it was incredible that this guy is like, you know, being chased by the police. And and I do remember thinking like, well, God, I guess he did it then because he running from the police. Exactly, dude. (laughs) If he didn't do it, man, he wouldn't be like running away like that, man. I just thought it was crazy. I do remember like some of the, maybe this is because the movie refreshed my mind, like, but I do remember like, you know, know, he has a gun and all this stuff. And I was like, this is, I remember thinking it was crazy. I just don't remember where it was. But I was, you know, like I said, it was it was right after uh, senior year of high school, so I was at home. The night that happened, I was watching the NBA Finals on television. Mm. It was the Knicks versus the Rockets. It was mm-hmm. like, I don't even know what game it was. Maybe game two or game three or something like that. I thought they said it was game seven. Was it game movie. seven? I mean, maybe it was game seven. I can't seven. remember. I feel like it was six or seven. I well, know, it, in like, any event, yeah, it was, it was crazy because, like, you know, you're watching the game, and then you see, like, you know, like, news updates saying, like, you know, this is going on. I'm like, dude, what's going on? And they had the game, like, on the big, you know, big box, and then they had, you know, the OJ chase and, like, corner of the screen. Right. And then, you know, it was just, just weird watching that, and then, you know, they're talking about, like, OJ had a gun, and mm-hmm. then, like... I'm like, yo, I'm like, OJ is going to kill himself. This is so crazy. crazy. <laughs> and then, like, he's driving down the streets of L.A. And, like, 
There's people cheering them on, right. and people on the you know hanging out on the overpass, and they have signs up, and they're like OJ, OJ, yeah. and I'm like, this is so nuts. And then yeah. at one point, like I was watching on NBC, watching the, the the finals. At one point, NBC said we're just going to switch the boxes. So then now. <laughs> the basketball game was in a little box and OJ was in the big box. I'm like, this is nuts. Like, this is like game six or seven of the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And it's an afterthought because OJ is on a slow chase, mm-hmm. slow police chase through the streets of LA. <laughs> right. And it was it was nuts. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if, if, if eventually they they went completely away from the game and went to OJ. I don't I don't know, but I know because of the three hour time difference, you know, it was still daylight. Right. In uh in, in California. But right. you know, in, in Detroit it was like dark. dark yeah. You know, it was like nine o'clock at night, nine thirty, but it was still like sunny and, you know, mm-hmm. evening, six six thirty over in California. You know at, at one point when like OJ rolled up into, you know, A C was driving and, and and pulled up into OJ's uh, like mm-hmm. mother's house or wherever that he 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 pulled up into his mother's house, and then he was just sitting there, and you know the, you hear people talking. Like I, I switched over to like you know Channel Seven at one mm-hmm. time, and then like you know Al Michaels was on there, Peter Jennings or something. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm like, yo, OJ is about to blow his head off on national television. Like I I Crazy. really thought he was gonna do that. The mm-hmm. fact that they said he had a gun. The helicopters are hovering over. The car is stopped there. And I'm like, yo, they're about to show a suicide of, like, a football legend on live television yeah. right now. Yeah, I remember, yeah, him pulling up into... Well, on the mo- in the movie, it was his house. Was it his or his mother's? It was it, his? I thought it was his house, and they were... And, you know, Robert Kardashian was like, your mother's on the phone? Mm, like, okay. So, I don't yeah, know. Maybe it was I don't know house. if that's, yeah. like, a little switch they Yeah, did. I, I don't know. know. Maybe it was his... In actuality, you know... Uh, it yeah. was maybe his mother's house. I, I, I guess, it, yeah, okay, I guess, yeah, okay, he went to yeah, his own house, but, mm-hmm. and I, I, that was just, it was crazy. Yeah, that was so nuts, man, mm-hmm. like, that was, like, the, the craziest thing going on right then, and, um, with respect to, like, the trial, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, fast forward to, like, if that was in June, and fast forward to, like, February of next year, or uh, the mm-hmm. next year, or whenever the trial started in 95, mm-hmm. like, do you remember anything about the trial then when you were watching like you know like not like oh you saw you know the tv show and a refresher like do you remember anything from being in yeah. that moment yeah no um in the moment of it all i definitely remember a few key, key things i remember um i remember the whole marcia clark like changing her hair i remember that but i didn't realize and this was due to the movie i didn't realize how much scrutiny she was getting that's a show not a movie i'm sorry the show <laughs> the show and um yeah so but i do remember her changing her hair and i do remember the trying on of the gloves and that was like really about it like you know i didn't yeah i didn't watch any of it like I, I just really can't remember a lot that that happened. So right. yeah, watching the show was like it's funny watching the show. It well, it clearly refreshed my memory on a lot of things. But just the scenes, you know how they would switch back on the show to show like the little TV, right? Because it's big, you know what was on court TV or whatever. Yeah, it was court TV. Yeah, like I feel like I remember those shots of you know whatever they you know, showed on the little TV. I remember, like, seeing those, like, in passing. Maybe I was watching the news or something with my parents or whatever, but I do remember, like, that kind of stuff. But I just don't remember, like, what was going on throughout the entire thing. Right, yeah. And and 
it makes sense because I did not realize how long this trial was. I know. You I forget how long it was. It was eight months, man, all. which is crazy. I mean, I was just flabbergasted to realize that, again, by watching the show, how long it was. And I mean, they spent a month on DNA evidence alone. Like, mm-hmm. Barry Sheck, like, I guess he, you know, cross-examined, uh, was a Dr. Fung, mm-hmm. um about the DNA evidence in the blood for, like, a good month. Wow. Like, which is crazy that, like, just one witness, one half of one witness testimony took four weeks, which is crazy to me. Crazy. Yeah, so I didn't realize how long this was, so it it doesn't surprise me (laughs) that I was not, like, tuned in to this trial. But, you know, unlike myself, others, you know, probably much older people, people who were very familiar with OJ, probably were glued to all of this. So, yeah, I mean, I was yeah. kind of, I, I want to say I was kind of, I was glued. Because I, by the time the, the trial had started, mm-hmm. I, was in, I was in college at that point. So it was 95. Right. So it was second semester mm-hmm. of my freshman year. So yeah, I would watch it like sometimes, like when I, you know, in the middle of the day after, you know, you know, in between classes, I go back to my room and, mm-hmm. you know, do something and end up watching it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just forgot how long the trial was and how... I, it's a lot of stuff I, I remember about it, but the other things like I completely forgot, and like I just had to be reminded of. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that happened. Like all the side stuff mm-hmm. with like you know Faye Resnick yeah. and like all the you know all this other random that things that happened, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and, and and it got to a point watching it, you know, because it stretched for so long that it just became yeah. ripe for like parody. Because like mm-hmm. you know, I know you remember like. You know, Leno on a Tonight Show had the dance and Eatles. Right, I do remember that. And that was like, <laughs> looking back on it, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. He had like eight, like <laughs> eight people dressed like Judge Ito coming out and like dancing right. on the Tonight Show. Yeah, crazy. I definitely remember that. I'm like, dude, like this is a murder trial, right? Right. <laughs> like <laughs> like there's some on? dead people there. Yes, yes, I remember that, and um, yeah, and then I obviously remember the verdict because I was sitting in class, but or well, we can get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like where I was during the verdict, I def- I remember that I was in class. I was in um, jun- I was junior in high school still, and we had. Uh, the wonderful TV ones, uh, TVs in our classroom. I don't know if anybody else had those. Everybody had TV one. Everybody had it, right? So anyway, yeah. So we watched the verdict on TV and it was crazy. And it was crazy because just like, uh, the show showed (laughs) the racial divide, um, showing the reactions of black people and white people. Right. Uh, it was very much what happened in my classroom. It was me and only like two other black students in my class. I went to a predominantly white high school. And the three of us were cheering as the verdict were read. It was read and everybody else was, you know, big sigh of, you know, disgust. So that was very interesting. But yeah, so I was in class when the verdict was read. How about you? What were you? <laughs> well, I mean, where, where I was, I believe I was back in um, back in my dorm room mm-hmm. uh, when the verdict was announced. So when was it? October. So this was at this point it was sophomore year. Like this trial started my freshman year in college. <laughs> I know, now you're annoying. <laughs> And then it, like, concluded my sophomore year right. in college in the fall oh, of, like, 95, yeah. which is crazy. Um, 
I think I was in my dorm, and I just remember, like, you know, when the verdict was read. I think I, I think I was watching it on television. I don't know, maybe was I in a lounge? I don't know. I don't remember the circumstances. Maybe I was walking back from my, from class into the dorm. All I know mm-hmm. is at some point, I think I recall people like, you know, people screaming or or cheering or people like you know dismay going oh and at any mm. at any rate you can guess who was cheering and who was dismayed it was not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, that's pretty much what it is and i was oh you know what now that i think about it i think maybe i think maybe like my next door neighbors in my in the dorm I think the Asian guy, it was two Asian guys actually, but one of them, his name was Michael Chang. Mm-hmm. And I hope he's not out there listening to this because that would be really embarrassing. But there's <laughs> an Asian guy named Michael Chang who mm-hmm. lived next door to me, sophomore year, mm-hmm. who always wore shorts. Right. <laughs> like in the winter, he wore shorts. It was like the weirdest thing to me. I'm like, dude, like, why are you wearing shorts? I mean, when he got super duper cold, he wouldn't wear shorts. But like that point where it was transitioning from like yeah. summer to fall, he was still rocking shorts. Anyway, I, I I think it was him or maybe someone was with them. Like it was in the hallway. It was like, oh man, he effing got off or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm like, and uh, maybe I'm, you know improperly like putting this on Michael Chang. Maybe it wasn't even him. <laughs> but it was a good excuse to get that Michael Chang short story in. Because it was kind of funny because his name was Michael Chang. He was Asian. He always wore shorts. And I was like, dude, are you the tennis player? Like, are you the kid that like won, won the French Open at 17? Because he always wore shorts like a tennis player. That's funny. But anyway, uh, but someone was like, I know someone was really upset. <laughs> in the hallway mm-hmm. and I was like ooh cry those tears cry those tears <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm put them in my mug and mix it up with some Pepsi <laughs> drink those tears up so <laughs> it, it was it was funny but um but with the but with the show itself yes what did you think of the show <laughs> overall oh, you make me laugh uh <laughs> let's see what did i think of the show oh the show i felt was uh, amazing it was uh very well done and i mean i didn't know it's like you know what's gonna happen you know what this the show is about but you know being that you know it, it was during a time where i really wasn't uh tuned into tv and stuff like that um especially something like this uh uh it was really um what i want to say i was really excited to see this story retold and um yeah i thought it it was very intriguing like i didn't want it to go off like i wish it was just like a 10 hour like (laughs) like marathon like they should have just showed it all at once well it's funny you say that because this saturday april 9th they're gonna show it from the beginning to the end on fx in the marathon so So if you missed it yeah for those of you who missed it you could check it out on Mm -hmm. saturday april 9th on fx yeah but yeah, I thought it was a good show. Like it, it, the show could have gone one of two ways, with with an eighty percent chance of it going the bad way, which is just being like a a campy, corny, poorly produced mm-hmm. show. I mean, it had all the markings of it. You know, you're just thinking like, okay, this is gonna be bad. Like it yeah. had, it, it could have easily gone that way. Mm-hmm. And like the first mm-hmm. couple of episodes, I would say were were kind of cheesy, which is kind of disappointing because the first episode was like the murder part. Yeah. And I, I feel like they really rushed through that part yeah, uh, of it. Mm-hmm. And then the second episode was like OJ 
you know, in the in the Bronco. Mm-hmm. And considering that was probably like the most uh, fascinating aspect of the whole saga, mm-hmm. I was expecting a lot from that episode. And mm-hmm. it was actually kind of a letdown for me, like the whole, you Chase? know, Chase episode wasn't as, as exciting or exhilarating as I expected. Mm-hmm. And so the first couple episodes, I was like, hmm, I don't know, this is okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not quite sure. But to me, it, re- it started to pick up. I mean... Mm-hmm. Episode three started to get a little bit better because I think episode three is when they started putting the, te- the dream together. team together, attorneys, right. and you know it was it it could have had the potential to start off very poorly and keep going that way, but it actually got better to like by the end it was like oh I'm on the edge of my seat like oh what's going to happen is he going to get off or <laughs> I know right what's going to happen I mean yeah they could have told a different story but what I liked about this um, overall um, I like that they told each episode essentially more or less was like about something specific so i thought that was nice that they kind of took pieces of you know the whole story and and told it from that perspective so you got kind of johnny's perspective you got marcia's perspective you even got the jury's perspective which was really fascinating because who talks about juries on you know uh, um, murder trials or any trial whatever you know you don't hear about the jury and then again this is where, you know, I realized, oh my God, this is an eight month long, nine month long case. And it's like, these poor people. They were sequestered for eight months. Just, it was like the longest sequestration in history. I mean, I just can't even imagine. And yeah, so I like that they told the story from different points of view. And, um, you know, you just got, a, I felt it was, you know, for what it was, it was a pretty decent, like, telling of the story and, and, I'll go ahead and say it was real well-rounded in, in its attempt to tell the story. Um, you didn't just hear it from, you know, OJ's perspective or whatever. It wasn't, and like you said, it could have been, it could have gone like really badly. It could have been told really poorly <laughs> and um, cheesy and not enough information. And of course you can always have more and more information, but I thought like they, they got to a lot of, I think the key parts of the trial that I think people probably talk about today. Mm-hmm. You know, the DNA, the Mark Furman situation, testimony right. and the perjury and all that. Um, you know, we did talk about Marsha and her whole, like, you know, style and stuff that was changed. You and know, they, that was, you know, an even, issue. I was going to say, they even talked about, like, the whole thing, like, the maid. Like, I forgot about that. Like, yeah, that, the no, maid, that was something I did remember. It was like, the, the yeah, the maid was going to testify, but then she didn't want to. And then she was mm-hmm. like, she was going out of the country. Right. And I forgot that happened in the real, yeah. real trial. And it's like, it was, you're just watching the trial. I was like, dude, like, the thing about watching this show is, if, if this didn't happen in real life, you would think, okay, this is a crazy show. There's right. all kinds of twists and turns. Right. It would be like a Shonda Rhimes show. It would just be so <laughs> preposterous and ridiculous and right. all the twists that you'd yeah. be like, oh, this is This could not happen. Like, yeah, exactly. Real, but it was very real. Yeah, and I remember the, that was the other thing that I remember from the trial from, you know, obviously before watching this show, that there was an issue with the maid and her testimony. So, yeah, um... What was I going to say? Yeah, but I thought, um, yeah, overall the show was, was great. Like, it was very riveting. And, I mean, I was hooked I was hooked from day one with the show. I mean, I guess because I just really, really wanted to see this. So, I was hooked with the first couple episodes. I mean, I, I thought the chase was good. I mean, I felt like I was watching TV again, <laughs> you know, back in 94 or whatever. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I liked it all. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah, I, I agree. It was a good show. Mm-hmm. I mean... 
But I, I think the best part of the show, I mean, they did do, uh, you know, I, I like you mentioned before, I think they did do a good job of like hitting all the major points. But it's like it's really difficult. I mean, it's a it's a it's a ten hour television show. There's a lot of quote unquote characters, right? And I don't think people realize how difficult it is to like put this and make put all these things together to make narrative sense. Right. And the, 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 right. The, the miniseries is based off of Jeffrey Tubin's book. Uh, you know, legal expert expert from um, uh, CNN mm-hmm. uh, book about the OJ trial, and it's difficult to like, you know, write this stuff in a in a dramatized dramatized format to mm-hmm. make sense for like a viewer. And, like, it right. was very impressive how they were able to hit all the major points, mm-hmm. and and of course they had to take some liberties. I mean, there's a lot of things like private conversations between people. Like, there's no way that anyone knows what really went on. Right, right. But they, you know, they they had to create those things to tell this story to get this to mm-hmm. keep this narrative going and, and to tie all the elements of the story together. And they also move things around. I mean, they had, you know, they had composite things with certain characters. You know, one character said something in, in the television show that a different person had actually said in real right. life because it just made more narrative sense and mm-hmm. to put it all together. So, you know, in that in that respect, I really, you know, think they did a good job in, in doing that because it's, it's not mm-hmm. it's not easy doing that. You know, people, you know, every week there was like a fact check online from different websites. They were fact mm-hmm. checking, like, did that really happen? Did that really happen? And the, the sense I got is like, for the most part, most of the stuff really happened. Which is amazing. Yeah. To some degree. I mean, like I said, some stuff was, was fictionalized, but other things they got the... I guess the writers got the essence of, of what happened. You know, right. like there may not have been an explicit conversation about a, a certain aspect of the trial, mm-hmm. but, you know, they they dramatized it or fictionalized it enough to kind of get that feeling across mm-hmm. in, in the television show. Right, right. So, yeah, I thought it was, it was great in that respect. The one thing I did, um, they brought it up in the show... Um, about going back to Faye Resnick and her, you know, Faye Resnick was Nicole Brown's um, very good friend, and she wrote a, a book, and and then published this book while this was all about to go down, this trial and whatnot, and so everybody had to stop and read this book, and you saw this on the show, but she also testified, which I was mm. waiting for them to oh, do. Yeah. She testified. And she basically said, um, in short, that that she was, I don't know who she was going to testify for. I don't know who called her, but she basically said that it was drug dealers and that Nicole was, like, involved in, like, all this, this drug stuff. Did she and really that, say that in, yes. in the trial? Like, in yes. real life, she, see, I never heard yes. that. I mean, I know, like, like we'll, the, read, we'll read it. Really I know there's the yeah. accusation, you know, the, in her book and whatever yeah. stuff she gave in interviews, but I know that, like, she actually testified to that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, it was something she testified to because it was kind of like, what? Like, drug dealers? Like, yeah, basically, so she testified that drug dealers killed Nicole and Ron. So, hmm. like, what? This is, like, where did this come from? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, but read about that. Anyway, I um, was hoping that she was going to testify, but, you know, they can't include everything. But I thought that would have been a really interesting thing. To yeah, I'm surprised about. that they didn't. Maybe it was shot and cut because, you know, they had Connie Nielsen come in and she played Faye Resnick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Connie, Britain. Connie Britton. <laughs> Connie Nielsen. Yeah, <laughs> Connie Britton came in. Um, um, and I, yeah, I... I uh, 
I figured they would have used her more. Like, if, yeah. you know, they cast her in that. So I That's think, why I thought she was, they were going to show that. Part, so, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a, a scene that they shot and they just cut. Because yeah. she really wasn't in, in the episode and the shows much. I mean, except yeah. for I mean, her most significant scene was when she was talking to the publishers about, you right. know, writing the, the, the trashy tell-all book. I mean, that was her most right. substantive appearance so mm-hmm. maybe that is something they shot they just never put in there because i can't imagine them like you know hiring, hiring connie Britton and then and like then not like, really using yeah. her for the show right but i mean speaking of like her you know her performance mm-hmm. one thing that's really impressive and i anticipate a lot of emmy nominations mm-hmm. is for the acting of yes. many of the uh, of the actors yes uh, what did you think of the casting of the, the, the various actors and their performances? Um, the casting, um, as I've been saying, is just dead on. I mean, I just thought they did an excellent job of casting all these parts. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just amazing. Even down to, like, Ron Goldman's father. I mean, <laughs> if you see pictures of Ron Goldman's father in real life, I mean, the actor who played him, I mean, it was just like dead on everybody was just dead on like they did an amazing job and uh with that but as far as performances go yeah i mean i can't even rank i mean i guess like everybody was just so on point with their parts like i don't feel like i mean i guess initially you felt like okay courtney b vance as johnny just killed it just nailed it and it was awesome too because you know he had been doing um press and going around uh, to the talk shows and I was watching him on a talk show and he said he didn't look up anything about uh, Johnny in terms of his mannerisms or anything like that like he didn't try to study up and like try to mimic Johnny mm. and so that that was impressive you right. know? and I don't know anything about Johnny Cochran except for what I've seen on TV back in the day when he was you know um, uh, doing the trial and everything and so I didn't know anything you know about him but I feel like he captured Johnny very well. Right, they, they captured the essence of Johnny. Yeah, Cogna. for not having to have studied him and everything. So I think I he just tapped awesome. into that. I'm going to play this role as a highly educated, uh, middle aged black man who's tired of the man trying to bring him right. down. <laughs> and I'm going to fight for the brothers. And I think he kind of like yeah. took that. And, just, and, and and yeah, and then put that into his performance. Right. So, you know, if any black man who has those qualities or aspects is pretty much going to be like Johnny Cochran. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. So he obviously nailed it. But you know, I I can't say that um that I didn't uh, enjoy everybody else's performance because I just really did. Like, um, what's his face grew on me. Travolta grew on me. <laughs> I think he. Yes, grew, I'm glad to hear you say that because that's what I said. I said. Yeah. He I, grew, it was weird at first. Yeah. It was like he was walking around like, mm, OJ. Um, <laughs> what we're going to do is, uh, well, first OJ, we're gonna we're gonna go to the arraignment, and you're gonna enter a not guilty plea. All right. And I've, and it was like very weird. He had this makeup, and I it was like eyebrows and his face like looking. But you know. eventually, it started to grow on me, and I started to see the value in his performance. Like yeah. he was, he he was acting. You know, yeah. he was really putting in some little nuances into his performance yeah. as Shapiro. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So he was good, and Sarah Paulson was amazing. I mean, God, I mean, did she not look like Marsha Clark? I mean, <laughs> I just was like, that's Marsha Clark. Um, yeah, and then somebody who I didn't expect to have like such. Um, 
a great performance and did was uh, the actor who played uh, Christopher Darden, uh, Sterling K. Brown. I mean, he just ended up being kind of amazing at the end, right? That I brother mean, was like the heart and soul I mean, of the show. Like. I just didn't expect that. And because, you know, when you go back to the actual trial and everything, I mean, like you knew, obviously, he was the, you know, lead prosecutor, but you just felt like Marshall was really running the show. And, you know, I don't know, you just... He just felt like he probably didn't say a lot. I don't know why you mm-hmm. just get that, you know, impression. But like, you know, seeing this show, you know, I, I was very like, wow, did he really like stand up for like, you know, himself really uh, to Johnny, you mm-hmm. know, at one point. And, um, you know, I did see a little interview with him. Um, uh, I read an article and. He was just saying, like, how he was just so dismayed and disgruntled over how everything turned out. This was, like, years later yeah. he did this. But, yeah, like, he was just so upset, and he, he still thinks OJ did it. And, yeah, I mean. I'm like, you're going to so. have to let that go, brother. <laughs> I'm saying, man, you just going to have to chalk that up as an L. Like, I know, like, you care, but it's like, you know what, man? That's life, man. Yeah. Like, you know, as, you know, think about. You know, all those times that people who were wrongly convicted went to jail. Know, you know what I'm saying? Like, right? I mean, with OJ, wow. it was like, if, if if he truly committed these murders, man, like, there's something waiting on him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, he went, he went through the process. He went through, you know, the court system, and he was acquitted. It's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I know it's tough, Darden. And I can understand, like, you know, in the immediate aftermath, and, then, right. you know, for a few months, he, he that might That's weigh good. on him. Yeah. But... Eventually, it's like, dude, you gotta let go and let God. Like, mm-hmm. OJ's gonna get his. Well, right. He did eventually. I mean, so, he eventually did. Yeah, right. So, exactly. I mean, that's something he should have. Yeah, he should have let go just for his own sanity. Yeah. But I mean, I agreed with you about Sterling K. Brown. Like, I didn't know yeah. anything about the about the brother before. Like, I guess he was on the the Army Wives show, mm-hmm. and I never. Um, yeah, I, I just never. You know, honestly, I don't think I ever seen him in anything before this and he he did a good job of conveying like how stuck darden was in between the two worlds of you know like here's this black man that is on trial right working for like the prosecution the state of california and whose job is to put black men in jail you know and he's Mm -hmm. gonna have like a foot in both communities and like some of the you know anguish and that he went through and and how he dealt with that. I mean, you can see it in the brother's eyes. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes it like he had those crazy eyes. You know, mm-hmm. he would just like, be looking like... So mad. I was like, he is going to go off. I know. You just waiting for him moment. to explode. <laughs> like, it was like... Especially when they weren't listening to to him. Yeah, you know, he right. would say, we can't put Furman on. <laughs> right. They're like, no, we're going to put Furman. Like, no, we can't put Furman on. And they right. wouldn't listen to and him, you know? Listen. Right. Yeah. And he was good. And, um... I... Well, so, oh, you talked about Johnny. I didn't get to talk about Johnny. Oh, yeah, yeah Johnny. Yeah, Courtney Vance was killing it. Like that. That brother was acting, man. Like yeah, he, he acted his just, butt off. Um, He's just amazing. He was so good in that role, and it's like you know I've always liked Courtney Vance. You know yeah. everything that he's been on. I remember since like maybe the first time I saw him that I can remember was when he was an episode of the original Recipe Law and Order. Back in the early 90s. I think mm-hmm. it was probably like 91, 92, something like that. Mm-hmm. When um, he played a Wall Street, 
he played like a Wall Street like broker who was accused of, of murdering like his boss or something when he found out that he was like doing like fraudulent trades or something like that. Mm. So he was like the suspect in that and like, you know, it was mm. his interrogation. He was in an interrogation room with um uh you know, Mike and uh, you know, Lenny mm-hmm. and like he was just going off. Like I because I remember like you know, I, I do a quick like recap of what he did, but this is like to me just shows like how good an actor he was then and like how like twenty five years later he's still that great actor mm-hmm. where, you know, the detective, you know, Mike accused him of like, you know, they they know he he killed committed this murder and, you know, this guy has all these degrees and all this pedigree and he's like saying, you know, he's told Courtney fans his character you're no different than like a, a guy who robs a 7-Eleven with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Courtney Vance, and you guys can look this up on YouTube and find a clip, but he he looks up at Mike and, he, uh, and he, you know, detective, um, and he says, you know, I graduated, you know, second in my class from, from Harvard. Mm-hmm. You know, magna cum laude from, you know, Yale Business School. I was responsible for over $40 million in trades in last year alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a penthouse on the Upper West Side or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, not only am I better than your, you know, 7-Eleven robber, I'm better than you. <laughs> and I was like, yo! <laughs> and I mean, it's in the writing, but it's also in his acting. acting. Like, the way he dropped that, I'm like, yo, Courtney Vaz, like, that's my dog. Yeah. Now, from that point on, he was my boy. And so like, basically how he did in this... Right, show. like it was that it's that that cocky self assurance, um, and smugness and arrogance all wrapped up in one, mm-hmm. and 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 that's exactly what he did as as Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's clear, you know, that those three performances were like definitely like the standout performances. Yeah, uh, I think also think Nathan Lane was good as Effie Bailey. Mm-hmm. He was, I like. I, I kept forgetting that he was Nathan Lane, which is what you want. You know, you <laughs> yeah, you want to do that. You want an actor that disappears into the role. Right. I thought Nathan Lane was good. Yeah. Um. Who else? Oh, you know, else who was good, hmm. mostly because he looked like him, but actually, he did a good job acting. Was Kenneth Troy as Judge Edo? Oh yeah. Like he looked exactly like Judge Edo. Like, oh and, yeah, that's Judge Edo. <laughs> and he sounded like him, like the way he performed. His cadence. Yeah, his yeah. cadence was mm-hmm. like Judge Edo, and I was like. There were times where, like you said, I, you forget that you're watching, like, a quote-unquote reenactment of the trial. Right. Because when the Edo's up there and he's talking to the witnesses, he's talking to the attorneys, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was back in my dorm room yes, watching exactly. this on court TV. Yeah, whenever they showed those little black and white clips of the TV, I actually was like, I had to do double takes. So I was like, are they showing real footage or right. not? <laughs> like, you know, it was just so good. What did you think about uh, Mr. Schwimmer as Kardashian? <laughs> Ross Kardashian. <laughs> Ross Kardashian. <laughs> like, like because, and that's part of the reason, his performance is part of the reason I thought the first few episodes were, were really cheesy and campy, mm-hmm. is because those are also heavy with, with his character. Character, yeah. You know, because he was the one, his character, Robert Kardashian, was the one that OJ called for help, and he's the one who's like walking OJ through this and right. helping him out. And I just thought his character was... It was weird. Like, his character was, you know, I don't know how it was in real life. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely out of his element. But they portrayed Robert Kardashian Sr. as, like, this, you know, bumbling, like, naive fool. And, yeah. you know, the way his character was and the way he portrayed it, it was kind of, 
it was, I don't know, it was just weird. Like, I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. And especially yeah. when it seemed like every other line he was saying juice and like there's yeah, a there's a super a cut super cut on youtube of him going juice 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 <laughs> juice 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 yeah and then he'll and then he's talking to like his kids which were shoehorned into this narrative because there's no reason for them to even include yeah. the kardashian kids was when he would say your uncle juice he was like know. how can you say that about your uncle juice <laughs> like come on <laughs> Like I, and, I, and it's not all his fault. I I do think it has to do with some of the writing as well. Yeah, he didn't he didn't have the best writing. I feel like, and I thought that what he was maybe trying to do was portray. And this is later on in the show, um, later episodes of the show. I think he was, I don't know, just trying to portray you know this conflicted friend. You know, like here he is, his good friend. He starts to doubt him. You know, that moment he starts to doubt him, I think that's where it kind of went downhill because he didn't really do a good job at being like, like, you know, I'm conflicted, you know, but I want to be there for him, you know, but I don't really believe that, you know, he did, or I, you know, I'm starting to think that he maybe did it, you know, right. with all the evidence. And the way Schwimmer came off was more like, you know, just kind of like <laughs> he was like, oh, like I don't know, neurotic. Yeah, weird. It was just weird. Yeah. So I mean, but I can only imagine in real life. I mean, and I did read up about Robert Kardashian, um, saying that yeah, he definitely started to doubt and he cut off his friendship with OJ. So I mean, all that really happened. So I mean, in real life, I can only imagine what that was like. But yeah, Schwimmer, yeah, he just wasn't, you know the best at portraying that I think so but he did look quite much like Robert yeah they, they did a good job with the hair and then like the the the, the skunk look on the <laughs> hair with the with the gray mm-hmm. peeking through at the top mm-hmm. um had kind of that long same face yeah exactly yeah. So, so I yeah. mean we talked about you know all the major performances and we saved the best one for last <laughs> which is Cuba Gooding Jr. As O.J. Simpson. As O.J. And your favorite line that you like to deliver? I'm not black. I'm O.J. I'm O.J. So, yeah, O.J. So, here's the, here's uh, what I, I... I think Cuba did good. The first few episodes, actually... I mean, the Bronco, I think, scene was, like, the best really? he did in this... Yeah, I think that was, like, the best acting he did in the entire show. Mm. The rest of it, I mean, he's locked up. So, yeah. you don't get to see him very much. And when you do, I mean, he's just kind of, like... You know, it's as hard to say because for me, and so you could probably attest to this more since you were more of an OJ fan, and so you remember. Whoa, OJ. Whoa, slow your roll! Wait. I never said I was an OJ fan. Oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with no murderers. Now, I just said. I mean, Before the murders, you never fan. I wasn't a fan because I never saw him play football live. Like by okay. the time he retired from football, I think he like he started seventy three. Or you know seventy two, like he started playing in the early eighties, yeah. from early seventies. So by the time like his career was over, like I was still like a like you're too young. Yeah, I was too young, so I wasn't a fan of like OJ per se. I just remember just knowing who he was and you're like, oh, he's well, a good heard football him player. Speak and stuff. That's what well, I was yeah. alluding to. Yeah, like, heard of course. Speak, I've seen you know, him. I've seen him many times You've before. So I know he sounded like, like me. Like. I have no recollection, like no real recollection. So I didn't have anything to compare what, you know, Cuba was doing versus, like, real-life OJ okay. and, like, talking, you know, so whatever. But, you know, I 
Yeah, I thought he did good. I thought he did good as, like, you know, OJ. Um, like I said, I thought the Bronco scene was particularly um, moving. I mean, I was sitting up there like, oh, my God, don't shoot yourself, OJ. <laughs> like, don't, you know, don't do this. But, yeah, I, at the rest of it, I mean, all the scenes, you know, when they were sitting with him and talking with him and, you know, in jail, whatever, the little rooms and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, it was just. He just didn't have a lot to say mm-hmm. pretty much once he got locked up, obviously. And, um, you know, so, I mean, you really can't say, like, his performance was... I mean, he didn't have any material to go mm. on after that, really. I mean, I I think he had enough material to work with. I just thought he was horribly miscast in this role. Like, there were times with it when Cuba Gooding Jr. can be good. Mm-hmm. And... He's one of those actors. He's probably like someone who I think of like how Halle Berry is, where if they're giving good material, mm-hmm. they usually do well with it. Mm-hmm. So with him, like, you know, when he has really good material, I think he does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, with this material, like a lot of his lines were, I think he was underserved by the writers in some respects, where. He was very corny, and his, his lines were cheesy yeah. at times and cliched ridden. Right. So, yeah. so he struggled with that. I mean, first of all, he didn't really look enough like OJ. I mean, compared to everyone else in the cast. Yeah, he was the least. Right. He was. Yeah. He least resembled his think his of counterpart. Who played him. Well, there's plenty. Of, I don't say plenty of people. I think with the producers when they were when they were pitching this and they were developing this project, they were probably thinking we need you know, a big name for this. I mean, that's why they right. got Travolta. You know, right. they begged yeah. Travolta to do it. Travolta turned it down numerous right. times yeah, before yeah. he said yes. And they're thinking like, okay, we need a big name for Shapiro and we need a big name for OJ. And I mm-hmm. think that's why they cast Cuba Gooding Jr. because they were looking for a big name rather than the fact that, he, you know, he really wasn't right for this role. I mean, he's not big and imposing as OJ is. OJ is a pretty big dude right. with a yeah. pretty huge Mr. Peanut looking head. <laughs> so, right. And, and I think, I mean, if this movie was done maybe 15 years ago, you know who would have been perfect for it? Hmm. Or even maybe 10 years ago. But definitely like 15 years ago, you know who have been perfect for it? It's Dennis Haysbert. He would have been the perfect OJ. And you say, who's Dennis Haysbert? You know, I know Dennis uh, Haysbert. Oh, yeah, no, because you give me that no, look like... No, I'm sitting here thinking about uh, What it. he looked like. Like, Dennis Haysbert would have been the perfect OJ because he's he's tall and imposing. His, you know, his voice, you know, his voice is deeper. Um, the Cuba Gooding Juniors, he would have been the perfect OJ a few years ago. I mean, he was too old to do it now because I think Dennis Haysbert is like in his early 60s and OJ was like in his 40s at the time of the, of the murders. But if... if Dennis Hazel would have been good for that. So mm-hmm. I just think he was horribly miscast and, and he and he wasn't served well by by the writing. But he did do some things that were good. I mean, there were times where he, you know, some of his mannerisms and, you know, the, you know, the facial expressions he gave and certain mm-hmm. moments of you know, emotion that he was trying to convey. I think he did do a, a good job in those instances, mm-hmm. but I just think overall, you know, those small moments of him doing, performing well were overshadowed by by the rest, especially mm-hmm. in consideration yeah. of, like, the rest of the cast. Because everyone yeah. was pretty much amazing for the most part. It's mm-hmm. like, when you're when you're in a scene and then it's like, you know, it's, it's Johnny Cochran's there, and then Nathan Lane is there, right. and then it's like, OJ... And 
it's like, dude, he just cannot compete yeah, with these guys. Know, no, no, you know, no, no, it's yeah. like, you know, he's up there and he's doing the Cuba Gooding Jr. thing. And it's like, you know what? They're just making him look bad right now because they're just killing these roles. And mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of if they would have just cast someone better for it and gave better writing. I think the OJ, the role of OJ, the role of OJ, like he's not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> the role of OJ in this television series would have been, would have been much better. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. might have actually done better by casting somebody unknown. Yeah, maybe. I just think it was, casting him was just all about trying to sell this to viewers right. and, yeah. and get a, get get a, a big, big name. name. People knew. Because, yeah, because, I mean, even though, like, Courtney Vance has, you know, been working in Hollywood for, like, 30 years, you know, he's been doing stuff, and Sarah Paulson, you know, is getting a lot of shine for doing the movies and American Horror, Horror Story, Story uh, seasons. I mean, they're not like big names, right. you know. They're really not. So I think they were just looking for okay, we need some Oscar nominees for mm-hmm. these roles, and um, but overall, I mean, they they just did they did do a good job, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't fault them on that. I mean, I definitely think coming out of this that Sterling Brown, Sarah Paulson, and um, Johnny uh, Johnny Cochran. See, I was about mm-hmm. to call him Johnny Cochran. That's his name. And Courtney Vance are going to win Emmys. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, I mean, Sarah Paulson and Courtney Vance are going to likely be in the lead actor role or an actress role for a drama, and the mm-hmm. Stormy K. Brown is going to be supporting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not only will they be nominated, they're going to win because I think they're going to put in this show as a limited series in the mm. limited series category. Yeah, so they'll... So, yeah, so it'll be uh, going against other limited series and, like, right. you know, what are the other limited series is going to go up against? I mean, I can't, I can't imagine the other ones beating this out as far as acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it went up against drama, it's going to be a lot difficult. But yeah. they put in limited series, man, these these folks are going to sweep. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so, right. you know, what... Well, let me ask you this. Like, we, we talked about, is there anything else you want to say about the show specifically? Anything else you want to bring up? And uh... um, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of what I was thinking of. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think OJ did it? Oh, that's a live one. Well, you know, back in the day, I was happy he, he got, you know, off. But I didn't know... You know, I didn't know anything about it, really. I didn't keep up too much with the trial and stuff. And, you know, you do kind of see it as like, oh, this black man is accused of murders. Like, and, you know, from what I learned of it, it's like, oh, my God, there's no way he could have done this. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And, yeah, I feel like I'm probably one of many black people in particular that over the years and all these things that have come out about the case and all the evidence and all this stuff... And now seeing the show and reliving it all over again yep, and getting yep, more, yep. yeah. I mean, he, 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 yeah, he did it. I think so. I mean, I just don't know with all that evidence how he couldn't have. <laughs> I know that was another thing. Like when you're watching the show, one thing you're reminded of, at least for me. I mean, for the record, I think he did it. He sliced and diced those people. Like, he killed them like Bill Cosby raped all those women. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that he did those things. But watching the show reminded me of. How how much overwhelming evidence there was against yes. OJ and every every episode you sat there right next to me every episode I was like I can't believe the prosecution lost oh, this case thanks, especially thanks. now having the experience of you know going to law school and like mm-hmm. you know 
I, I know the law now. Like before right. when I watched it, you know, obviously I was an undergrad, so I didn't know. But now that I, right. I actually know the law, I know, you know, civil procedure, I know trial tactics and things like that mm-hmm. and rules of evidence. Mm-hmm. And even now I'm like, oh my goodness, like how did they even lose this case? So that was you so don't ridiculous. think, like now after really seeing this again, you don't think given like, you know, okay, they tried to basically say that Mark Furman probably like planted some evidence. You you don't think that's true? Like, do you, what do you think about, well, what do you think about that? Because I'm, I mean, they said that before. Yeah, know? I mean, I don't think it's true. I mean, from, you know, let's get into the minutia of the actual details that I don't quite remember, but yeah. I mean, with the evidence, like, it was highly unlikely that he did. Like, basically, he would have, for him to have planted the evidence, mm-hmm. he would have had to have known that Oh, this was O.J. Simpson who did these murders. Like when they show up right. to the, when they show up to the crime scene, yeah. they just have bodies there. They don't know that they have no idea O.J. Simpson's involved at that point. They don't know even know who the people are that are, are laying there. Right. So he would have to like figure it out. Oh, this is O.J. Simpson. I have to go find his blood somewhere and plant it yeah. and and plant the, the the bloody glove or bloody sock and the glove right. and all that. Like there is it's too much to to believe, believe that. Right. Um, I guess, but the problem with the prosecution was there was just so much. It was it was too much reasonable doubt for the the jurors to overcome. It's like yeah. well, one thing I learned in law school when it comes to evidence, and you think of the plaintiff and the defendant or the prosecution and the defendant. When it comes to evidence, it's the prosecution's job to you know let's use a glass as an example and fill that glass up with evidence right. and then you put you have a you mark a line at the top of the glass and that line is reasonable uh you know beyond a reasonable doubt right so once that evidence gets above that line it's like okay we have enough evidence it is clear that this person is guilty um conversely it's the defense's job to essentially like poke a hole in the bottom of that glass mm-hmm. And let the water or let the evidence drip out. So mm-hmm. as the prosecution is filling up this mm-hmm. glass with evidence, it's the defense's job is to like slowly pull those things out so it never reaches that that threshold. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's kind of like what happened what in this happened? case. Yeah, I mean, it's like sure. yeah, the prosecution had this evidence, but then the defense was poking holes and everything enough, just enough on every issue that it never quite reached that, that threshold that the, that the jury needed. You know, mm-hmm. for some people they may have, may have reached it, but for that particular jury, it's like, you know what? This isn't enough. Like, yes, this glass has a lot of evidence in it, mm-hmm. but it didn't reach that line, you right. know, or maybe it, you know, reached that line at some point, but then all these other things happen and then it started to slowly sink down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what I think with that. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's all this evidence, but like, mm, but I don't know. There's enough reasonable doubt with Furman, with the way the DNA uh, tests were run, uh, the the evidence was handled as far as chain of custody. I mean. Right. That I was mean, amazing that they were setting on the show, uh, that the evidence wasn't turned in like the same day or whatever like yeah. the guy kept it overnight or right, whatever exactly. Like, what? <laughs> exactly the uh, chain of custody I mean there was so yeah. many botched things throughout that trial and also a lot of it went to like just presentation it's like you can't sit up here and bore the jury with like this DNA evidence saying there's a 1 in 6 billion chance that this is you know someone else's DNA it has to be his and you spend a month you know talking DNA and like the jury's just gonna zone, zone out, out and yeah. it's and it's all about like hitting the joy with these points that they can remember and take with them. And that's why Johnny Cochran's if it don't fit, must acquit. Just stuck. Stuck. You know, it's kinda 
you know, because they saw him try to put on that glove. It didn't quite fit. I mean, and that that memory is in that image is in the heads of the jury. And it's mm. like, you know, he's saying if it don't fit, you must acquit. And thinking like, yeah, like that glove didn't fit. Right. I mean, if he killed those people and that's his glove, why doesn't it fit? Right. And and those little things seep into people's heads. And mm. it's like, you know what? Plus, it was an eight month trial. There was so much going so on there. It's just like ready to go. And you know, especially with it being an eight month trial, I mean, I guess people were shocked that it was like a four. Only like a four-hour deliberation. I expected them to be there longer considering they led to the trial. Mm-hmm. But you have to think about it. It wasn't like they didn't think about this trial at all for eight months. And then they go into that jury room and have to think about everything in a while. Like, right. It's an ongoing process. Right. As they're sitting there, they're taking in and processing the information stuff, yeah. and evidence. So it's like as they're processing that during the course of the trial, it's like once they get to the jury room, it's like they really don't need that much to, to, to you know come up with what they think really happened, you know? It's not like they're just going to go in there cold. It's like, all right, well, now let's start thinking about things. Like, right. no, they're already thinking about that stuff. They're right. taking notes throughout the eight-month period. So, yeah. you know, they really shouldn't have been shocked that they came back so quickly. Something else the real Darden actually said, too, is that he feels uh, Cochran tampered with the glove. He said that in an interview I was reading. Yeah, he's like, just bitter, yeah. man. I'm like, dude, let it go, Upset. man. Yeah. Like, how but did... I guess it's like you work so hard for this family. And that was something at the end of the show that you, you know, you see the pictures of Nicole and Ron and you're just like, it it, it just makes you think like, wow, like you kind of get caught up and just, you know, did he do it? Did he not? But you, you know, these yeah, no, like no. Those people were killed. Yeah. And... yeah. Brutally. You know, it wasn't like a quick gunshot to the head, which yeah. is still horrible. I mean, he darn like, near he cut like, her head off. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Like. I mean, that's why you know it was him because it was like, yo, I mean, who who else would do that but like a crime of passion with someone who's just really anger and has a lot of emotion going on. I mean, it had to be OJ. It wasn't going to be no Colombian mm-hmm. <laughs> Colombian hitman or some other or mugging or in think, random well, things. in that case, like those people are really brutal too. So yeah, but I mean, why would they? <laughs> but, get yeah, why would there was they? no reason for become drug de- why would drug dealers kill their customers <laughs> right. they don't kill their customers like they want to well like, so you said that the, she owed them money so but, but killing her doesn't get them their money no nope. that's the thing that's why they're not but gonna yeah, kill her people want revenge. no they, wanna, they, like, they weren't gonna kill her like, i just put a i don't yeah know. i know but like yeah anyway well what do you think this is um one of the things that you brought up uh to me at some point during this whole thing about uh, OJ's son at the end, how they Uh-oh. brought him in, and you know he's you know talking with dad and all this stuff, and one of your things that you had said to me, it's not your own theory. This is, no, this yeah, is it's like not, other people's no, theory. Yeah, right? I don't have any either. My my theory is he killed those people. <laughs> he did. So that's my theory. But I read you know, years yeah, you after read. the after the trial that like some people had uh, theorized that it was his son. Jason, who had actually done it, because his son was like in the military at some point, mm-hmm. and he had some mental issues, and he was like on medication, mm-hmm. and there was some theories that he's the one who actually committed the murder, and OJ was basically taking the fall for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like in his early twenties, I think, at the time, mm-hmm. um, and that would explain, I guess, the DNA part, part like how being you know, very similar, right? The DNA, yeah. Uh, situation because it was actually his you know, son from his previous marriage and mm-hmm. and that was a theory that was yeah that was him and I'm surprised they didn't they didn't bring that up in the in the show I mean maybe Jeffrey Tubin didn't talk about it in his book so yeah. that's why it wasn't in the show but yeah I I heard that theory that it was that was him instead I mean mm. and to me that that 
seems more plausible the Colombian, you know, drug, drug war. Right. right. I mean, it's like, because, you know, one thing we said, okay, OJ must have done it because he was willing to kill himself and he was driving. Or it could have been like he really was that distraught Draw. that she was dead. Right. And then maybe he was thinking, maybe my son did it or he knew his son did it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, who who knows what it was. I mean, I, yeah. I, I still think he did it. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting that they brought the son in and they hadn't brought right. the yeah. son really in to, to the show. Yeah, to the very, the very end, end. end so of the like, show. Oh, are they trying to plant some seeds here? About like, you know. And I don't know how many people even know about that theory, but yeah, I just thought about what you had said and I was like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Like this whole time, you know, but I mean, he didn't say anything significant that would make you think like, oh, yeah. Yeah. let's think about this. <laughs> but yeah, it was just interesting that they brought him in at the very end. And, um, um one thing that made me, I, I kept thinking about the entire time watching this show, especially as we built closer and closer to the verdict, was the uh, famous Chris Rock joke about mm. OJ. And he's saying, you know, you know, black people were too happy and white people were too mad mm-hmm. with the verdict. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what it was. Like, with the verdict, like, everything was pretty much split down, like, racial lines. Yeah. And it's like, you know, white people were really upset, man. It's like... Why are y'all so invested in this? Why are you so invested in OJ killing his ex-wife? Right. And it's obvious because his ex-wife was a pretty blonde white girl. Right. Like, if his ex-wife that he had killed was the black? previous ex-wife, the, oh. the black yeah, one, right. they want, these white people want to care. Like no one they yeah. want to care, but, but they were so upset. And then you see all the videos of what happened, and it's like, no! Mm-hmm. OJ and black folks like, yeah, son! Mm-hmm. And I think with a lot of black people, like, I think there was also a split with us black people whether he did it or he didn't do it. Right. But I think black people were still, a lot of black people were still, quote unquote, happy or resigned to the fact that he was acquitted yeah, because yeah. it was a situation where, wow, a black man like beat the system. The system is usually stacked against black people, right. the criminal justice system. Right. And they just thought of it like, wow, like he beat the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, he Obviously, he beat it because he had the ability to, to hire the best lawyers in the right. world who were who made it their main goal to challenge every piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like, wow, you know, he did that. Like, wow, mm-hmm. he actually beat the system. So it was more of like a symbolic thing with a lot of yeah. people. And that's why people were so happy for right. him. It, was, it wasn't like, oh, they were happy that this man killed people and got away with it. It was more like, wow, man, like he killed white people in in an entire... like, And that was the thing. People complained about, like, oh, he had this dream team and he has all this money to pay these high-priced lawyers. But it's like, you do realize he's going up against the state of California, right? Right, that's huge. They have thousands of police and investigators Mm -hmm. and attorneys and experts and they have all these resources Mm -hmm. (laughs) to go up against... I mean, come on. like. Yeah, he just happened to have more resources than the average person. But don't act like, you know, oh, this poor little state. They didn't know what they were up against. They, look, man, this is a state. It's like, it's, if California was a country, it'd be like the, the fourth largest economy in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's, they weren't exactly the underdog in this. Right. So, and that's what I think, but like, with the, you know, thing with the verdict, it's like a lot of people are just, you know, happy for what it meant for you know beating the system and you know mm-hmm. all the systemic you know mm-hmm. racism and and what happens to marginalized groups like you know actually the system worked for a change right in the other favor yeah and, amazing but that kind of reminded me of you know a paper i wrote freshman year so that so yeah it was freshman year so the oj case is going on 
my second semester of freshman year mm -hmm. or my first semester and I was in an English composition class and I wasn't like doing well. Like my my TA kept like criticizing like the papers I was writing. I was like so upset like because mm -hmm. I was thinking I'm a good writer. Like I had AP English in high school, you mm -hmm. know. I've always been, like, a pretty good writer. Mm -hmm. And I get to college, and, like, she's, like, criticizing my work. And obviously, she's, like, a grad student. So she's, like, what, 21, 22? Right. She's not, like, a seasoned veteran herself. And I was so upset. So, like, for one of the papers I wrote, I wrote a paper, and I wish I saved it, man. I wish I saved all that stuff. But we had floppy disks back then. So, like, you know, we don't have that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. But I wrote a, a, a paper about the demonization of the black man. So I was like in full like <laughs> hotep mode, right? So I wrote like, and it was about OJ, oh. Michael Jackson, and Mike Tyson. Oh my gosh. It was about like basically how white America and like how they demonized the black man and try to bring him down, right? Because mm. I was just really mad at that point after like getting like C's on my other papers for this mm. class. We had we wrote multiple papers that year. So this is like when, you know, the whole Michael Jackson thing like, with the molestation of the kids, like right. in a civil suit, um, you know, then Mike Tyson, you know, being in jail for rape and all this. So I basically I just went ho full hotep and just wrote this article <laughs> about like, yeah, like you know, America is just racist and they try to bring down prominent black men. I didn't really fully believe all that, but I was just upset and it was like, look, I'm just gonna write whatever. <laughs> And to my surprise, the TA, like, liked that paper more than my other papers. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Oh like, gosh. I didn't even fully believe in myself, but she gave me, like, a, a higher grade. I think I may have gotten a B on that paper as opposed to the C's mm -hmm. I was getting. And as I was writing it, I was like, this is a But I'm like, <laughs> I was just upset at the low grades I was getting from my other paper. So I said, I'm going to show them something. I'm going to talk about the, the demonization of the black man oh in America. So OJ was one of, one of them. So I was kind of, like, in full, like... Black militant mode at that point. Your uncle would have been proud. Yeah, he would have been. He he would have been proud. I should have uh -huh. told him about that back in the day. I was I like, know. too I'm, bad you can't show it to him. I know. I wish I had that paper, man. Yeah, send it to him right now. I send it to him. I was like, see, man, I was woke twenty years ago, Claude. <laughs> I was I was up on it, man. I know how the white man trying to bring the black man down. <laughs> I know all about that. So anyway, anyway, so that was uh. Yeah, that was the OJ, mm -hmm. OJ miniseries. And next year, they're going to do the American Crime uh, Story or whatever it's called mm -hmm. for FX. Next year, they're going to tackle Hurricane Katrina, which is mm -hmm. kind of weird because I'm not sure how they're going to incorporate the crime part, right. but whatever. <laughs> um, my question to you is, are there any other like true crimes you think FX should cover because NBC already announced like the day after the OJ show finale mm -hmm. that they were going to do the Menendez brothers mm -hmm. and then the day after that CBS announced they're going to do the John Bonet Ramsey and their own limited like oh serious true crime thing everybody's I'm like everyone's just it's like, like jumping on the bandwagon exactly like everybody's jumping on doing musicals on the on the bandwagon so musicals. yeah what, what do you think would be a good like crime story for them to give their like limited series treatment to Like I'm trying to think of crimes. Any anything that's been on Dateline or Forty Eight Hours, <laughs> like pretty much. Those things I try to avoid. Like all those so sad and depressing. Like you can, yeah. I mean, what can we talk about? Oh, you know what I think would be a good one. Even though it's kind of, 
the the Central Park Five. Like even though that was like before, mm. that was when we were really young and it took place in New York and I didn't, yeah, I didn't really know much about it then. I still don't know much about it now. But the fact that like you know the basics of you know the five you know five uh, kids of color. I think it was like you know some black and some like Latino mm-hmm. were accused of like raping like a white woman in Central mm-hmm. Park or something mm-hmm. like that, and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But then like the the city got all riled up and like they pr- basically railroaded these kids saying that they raped this woman mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's New York you know everything's incendiary and like with all the tabloids everything's like magnified and then it didn't help things that your future president Donald Trump got involved in like <laughs> you know his part in like getting those kids convicted and putting ads in the paper talking he about did? them yeah oh my god exactly that's like like. Donald Trump's like, you know, a hornish is like dates back many, many years, many decades. Mm, But that made me think that would be probably be a good miniseries, like the Central Park Five. It's and you know talk about like what happened with that case and what happened in New York and how these kids were railroaded. That that would be a that would be a good Mm -hmm. one. I can't Uh, think. I don't know. I can't think of anything. I don't know. It's like what's like big enough. We're definitely. Homegirl that killed a boyfriend in Italy, Casey Anthony. Oh, Casey Anthony? No. Yeah. Oh, Casey, no, Casey Anthony, well, that's the one that killed her baby. Oh, know. is it? I don't know. They're all the same. Oh. Who's the, the, Casey Anthony's the one in Florida. I think she's the one who, like, no. <laughs> There's so many people. Oh, my goodness. Like, I can't. There's think so many that. people committing crimes. And like blaming black people for him. Um, <laughs> what, whatever the woman was who was in Italy, she. The girl who was over there and like you know yeah, accused of killing her like roommate. Yeah, that one would be a good one as well. Yeah, I think that so was, because that, was that a one because then she had to go back to Italy. Yeah, she and went back tried. to trial and then like you and know, then she... they put her back in jail in Italy. Isn't she back in Italy in jail now? No, she's no? free and clear. Are you sure? Yeah, she's but back she in America. Have to go back, like, like she, they let her go. Well, yeah, because then they like they they found her like guilty or something but then they didn't they found her guilty again but then now i think the most recent news is they're going to like expunge that guilty finding it was something weird but whatever her name was (laughs) the woman that she blamed it on some like dude she was dating or whatever that would be another good one as well it's just like okay hold on yeah so you're right this is um casey anthony in memory of Kaylee. Who was Kaylee Anthony? That was oh, a baby. So that was a baby. So, yeah, so oh, right, because this was all so recent. Like, so who was the one who killed her boyfriend? Some crazy sex stuff. Uh, no, that one's in Florida. Not Casey Anthony. That was, I don't know, some woman. Um, those might be good ones. Um, another one is. We got Joan Bonet Ramsey. Uh, I don't know, maybe like Scott Peterson. You know, he's oh, the guy. Yeah. His wife disappeared in the, that in would the be Bay a Area. Really good one. Dude went said he went fishing on Christmas Eve while his pregnant wife was at home. Get yeah, out of here, dude. Yeah, pregnant wife is. Or that Drew? No, was that Scott Peterson or Drew Peterson? That was I Scott Peterson. So many. That was that was Scott Peterson. Drew Peterson was the other guy who I think was in Colorado, who was like a former cop who had killed his wife before. So. There's a there's a, there's a lot of true crimes out there that we can um, that that could be ripe for for storytelling in, in a limited series. Yes, I agree. I was just trying to look. This is like a lot of information um, on Casey Anthony. I was looking up, but 
Yes, I can't think of any off the top of my head because I try to not deal with any of these murderous stories. So there's just so much like, as you just said, like people killing people and it's like, oh, so depressing. But anyway, yes, that'll be interesting to see. I wonder like how NBC and CBS will do with their shows. I don't know. I don't think anybody would watch. Because I think of the uniqueness of the OJ trial was because not because it was kind of like the first televised mega trial and then they also had this larger than life personality and and oj and then you had you know johnny cochran who was sort of like flamboyant and charming and then all the craziness that went on with the with the evidence and then all the players involved with the witnesses and Mm -hmm. and the attorneys like i think that was just ripe for the television treatment because there's just so much going on like i don't i'm not as familiar with those other cases so it might they may not be as interesting, interesting, but 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 who knows? I mean, maybe they'll they'll strike magic. Maybe they'll find a way to make those as good as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, because I mean, the one thing about the OJ trial was that there was so much controversy that you know it's very interesting to look back on and relive. And you know, for me, I definitely forgot about a lot of that stuff, so it was good. But you you know you we all I think most of us remember you know that it was just such a crazy situation. So, yeah, I think that was good. I don't know how they will get that type of response. Yeah, I know. Because I, think... I don't say they were cut and dry, but I don't remember hearing... Well, yeah, because you know, we don't know what happened with Joe Benet Ramsey. But well, I just think... Be, yeah. But that would be like... See, the thing is, OJ was, was surreal enough that, you know, you can find some, some levity in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Benet Ramsey is like a little beauty queen girl who was like killed or disappeared or whatever happened to her disappeared yeah like that's no that's no one's gonna want to watch that for like 10 episodes like, or 12 know, yeah, episodes yeah i don't know how they're gonna get like a lot out right. of that and like, i mean same thing with the menendez brothers yeah i mean, I mean isn't that kind of like yeah they killed their parents like oh creepy right? like that's that no i don't think they'll be able to get mileage out of that so i mean even though they announced those those shows this week i i I wouldn't be surprised if they don't actually go into production. I think yeah. maybe like once they sit down and look into it, they probably realize there's not enough, not, not enough here. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Well, that was a very lively discussion. Yeah, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we hope you all enjoyed it as well. Um, I assume that if you have not seen. The show. Be sure to check it out. You, you can find check it, it out. on you demand. You probably wouldn't have been listening to this if you hadn't seen it. Right, because then you were like, oh man, I don't want to be spoiled. I don't know what happens. Exactly. So you probably didn't, didn't <laughs> listen to the show. Right. But you can find it on demand. It's on, you know, you can find it on the FX website. And mm-hmm. there's a marathon going on on April 9th. So you'll be sure to check it out. And as always, you know, be sure to check out the rest of our podcast. We have numerous episodes up. And you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on TuneIn. And be sure to leave us reviews on iTunes. We'd love to hear. We'd love to hear from you guys. And you can also find us on Twitter. You can find that information in the description box. Tweet, tweet. Mm -hmm. Tweet, tweet. So thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
All them fools tripping on the money, man. Come on, let's go get it. And then I blast away. How far, player? Far enough to go off the edge. I push another nigga off the ledge. So I stumble as I slide to the Chevy. Yeah, my eyes kind of teary and gun kind of heavy. I'm a walking dead man is what they call me when I'm coming. Got the big S on my chest. So I'm kind of gunning high. Powered on my way to the west side. 